my name is Ruben Pillai and this is SHB Unfiltered, brought to you by the Stop Holding Back Foundation, a UK personal development charity geared towards improving the lives of people who stutter. We are the only podcast run by people who stutter, talking about a range of topics, streaming live and taking Q&A. We are committed to changing the way people think about stuttering breaking barriers and unleashing potential please support us on patreon and enjoy this next episode the change begins when you stop holding back two one and we are recording thank you very much this is shb unfiltered the podcast episode number Yes. 15 today. Episode number 15. So we are into week number three of our daily podcast. So just a reminder, if I have not said it before, we are the only podcast teaching people who stutter a podcast every single day. We do live feeds to Facebook, taking your questions, comments, and answering them, responding back to them. We are doing this every day during lockdown because we, we are in London. Coronavirus is causing havoc and we are locked in our houses. So we started, so we started a daily podcast and we're still here day 15, week number three. I'm with Adisanya. And, Hello, guys. And of course, none, none other than Christopher Jackson, a.k.a. CJ. What's up, Chris? Hello, guys. Cool. As always, formalities. How have you guys been today? Done anything interesting? No, not today. No. Not today no. Yeah, just another homework out, walking the dog, and then just waiting around for the podcast to go live. Highlights. It's really sad. Yeah. It is officially the first weekend of spring, isn't it? And we've been waiting for this moment for months, and here we are. And we were trapped at home, and we can't <laughs> can't enjoy the weather. It's it's terrible. Yeah, it is a tragedy, and we are um, aware of the growing number of casualties out there, and um, it is pretty sad seeing what's happening. All we can do is like like follow the rules, stay at home, stay safe, and try our best. Right. I guess this podcast helps. Keep us, uh, keep keep us focused with something. Because um, to be honest, Chris, like if we didn't we, we didn't have this podcast every day, <laughs> I'd be going mental. Seriously, I think. Yeah, I'd be losing my mind as well. It gives me something to focus on, something to look forward to, something to work towards. It's it's perfect. It's perfect for this time, to be honest. And yeah. also, gone. And also, positive is uh during this time, you know, you can even sit, you can either sit at home and allow time to just pass by and you haven't really used this time to do anything or launch anything, or you can use it as an opportunity to get things done that you might have always wanted to do. And now you have the time to do it. And that's what, what we've always wanted to do. We always wanted to launch a podcast. We were actually planning to do that one, um, to launch the first one in, towards the end of March and this allowed us the opportunity to bring that forward so 
been good. Yeah, I think we said we had plans studio time, but we've had to push that back a bit. But this has proven to us that we can do it regularly over VC and um, yeah, we've kind of got better as the days and weeks have gone. And that's the, that's the most satisfying thing. We've uh, slowly come from that kind of cocoon babies. We, we were fetus two weeks ago, but now we are toddlers. We're running around. We, we can walk now and soon we'll be uh, reaching uh, adolescence and stuff. And I'll stop there. But, yes, um, but just to um, add one more thing, Chris, I think you'll be more, most interested in this, but um, going back to your point about being productive and doing something, creating something during this period where we have this time, um, I finished Tiger King. Man. Yeah, and me. Do you finish as well? Yeah, I finished it today. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. For some reason, I don't like Carol Baskin. Is that her name? <laughs> no one likes her. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't like her. I feel like I'm more on Joe Exotic's side for some reason. Um, have you seen it yet? Ian? Oh no, no, no time. I'm busy, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Mate, you know what? I'm trying to run a business, mate. Dude, I like. Um, I'm trying to run a business online. Like it takes a lot of my time, right? You shouldn't say yeah, that too loud, or people yeah, think you're breaching lockdown, right? Man, I am busy from six in the morning till twelve at night. It's non-stop for me right now. So, Faison Shake says hello, and Chris Papacosta says he's only halfway through Tiger King, and wow. then I. And, and, I th and I think that that um, halfway through point, that's when things got a bit weird. It, it was already really weird, but things got a bit more darker, a bit more sinister. And um, I think one way to describe it, which I heard from my, my friend, was it's a high budget version of EastEnders. And that's pretty, pretty accurate, I think. What do you think, Ruben? Do you think she killed him or not? Man, like, it is mental, isn't it? <laughs> the guy vanishes. The guy's gone. And um, they all thunk it. They all thunk it. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just incredible. Incredible. Did um, you hear that Exotic's got coronavirus? I know he's in self-isolation, right, at the moment, within prison. No, within prison, they put him in isolation. Okay. I don't know if... Well, I, I think he'd already be in isolation, being in prison. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it got really, really sinister when... Was it Travis who shot himself? Like, messing about with the gun? Didn't know who I'm talking about. Travis... Travis. So, Chad, so like, you know, Joe, um, he had those two yeah. guys that he married. So, he got like, the shorter one, the meth head. Sorry? Chris, I've, I've just seen on the feed, Chris has just said he's only halfway through Tiger King. <laughs> oh, so, <whoops. laughs> it's not really too much for him. 
Oh, I don't. Okay, we're, we're going to stop. But yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. The other thing is, is it, that they're all... Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, plenty of twists and turns, Chris. Well, tomorrow when he comes on the podcast, uh, we can have a chat with him about it tomorrow. Yeah. And what kind of um, hit me was they're all really good in front of the camera. They all seem pretty kind of comfortable in front of the camera. And um, it's really interesting. They're very um, interesting people, the community. But let's um, get down to today's topic. Guys, what do you think today's topic is? Let us know Come what on. it is. We're talking let's questions. Let's go. Okay. So Come today, on, today we're going to talk about um, confidence. And uh, I think starting off with what does confidence mean to you? What are your definitions of confidence? Um, and how you demonstrate confidence. Um, one of the things I picked up from yesterday's podcast and maybe some of the calls I've had today with other people who stutter um, is do you... Do you become confident and then become a better speaker? Or do you have to become a better speaker to be confident? And how are they linked and how do they affect each other? So I'm going to take a step back now and stop talking about Tiger King. So guys, what are your definitions of confidence? Well, it's the, just the ability to not allow another person's presence affect you. That's confidence. So if you have, if you are, if you can stand in your power and speak how you want to speak, and just express yourself in your own way. To me, that is, is confidence. If it's, if it's easier, if it's easier, then like forget about speech completely for time being. But what is confidence generally to you? So um, if if you <clears throat> go into like a new uh, meeting or a new crowd, you speak to three or four people and you identify someone as coming across as confident, what is that person demonstrating to you that shows that they're confident? Just the body language in general. The tone of voice, their appearance as well, that plays a what part. What kind of things are they doing? So you're saying for body language in general, but what are we looking out for? We've got a straight back. Good, that, good, 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 good um, posture. They are very um, expressive. They're not afraid to um, to move their hands a lot, move their body. Um, nice, eye, nice eye contact as well. That's I was going to say something that that you've actually told me before about vibration. So like you can actually get a good vibe off them. So they're giving out like positive energy, which isn't like just 
kind of hocus pocus self-help stuff is actually genuine things where, where you can actually sense like someone is giving up positive vibes, positive energy and stuff. So that could be confidence as well. Anything else before we go into Chris? I think it's confidence just feeling, is... It's just the feeling you get from that person. It's just when you see a person who's confident, you just see it and you just know it. It's a feeling that person... It's a feeling that they give off. Mm-hmm. Give off. Yeah, I agree. I think when you're in a room with a confident person, they, their aura is that uh, they believe in th- themselves, regardless of what it is. They, they have that feeling and that belief in themselves, in that given situation. And through that, you can see that they're confident by the way they present themselves, by the way that they hold themselves in that in that conversation or whatever situation that they're in. So things like A, I was saying, the eye contact, posture, the body language, um, how willing they are to get involved in a conversation or put their thoughts across, how they move around the room. You know, just simple things like that. You can tell that someone's confident and comfortable in that specific environment. So when you say specific environment then, does confidence change depending yeah, on the environments? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe so. Like, for example, you see it a lot in sport. I, I might take you to come and play with my mates five-a-side football at Power League. And because you're confident at your ability to play football, you're confident. If I asked you to come and play basketball with my mates and you're not confident in your ability to be able to contribute anything to the game, then your whole body language will be completely different from playing that sport compared to that sport. Mate, if you brought me to play five-a-side football with your mates, man, it would be game over, innit? (laughs) (laughs) See what I'm saying? Yeah, but if I asked you to come and play basketball, would you have the same attitude towards it? You know what? Like, I probably would, but I can't play that well. But I'll probably keep up the same, um, the same act. It depends. It depends your personality as well, because you get people just don't care. They can go to any room, any environment, and just perform and be happy, outgoing, talk a lot. But you get some people who are like comedians. They can. Sorry, not comedians, but they have to, they can only, they can only be themselves when they're in a very specific environment. So it depends on your personality too, and the type of person that you are. And, and also the, also your past experiences you've had through life, they play a, a huge part in your co- confidence as well thing is like if you're <clears throat> if you're saying that like, that person's confident then but you then you think oh if you take them elsewhere they, they are not going to be confident it's not the so, same as self-esteem sorry it's different it's it's not the same as self-esteem so what's self-esteem then well what's the difference It's how you feel, self-esteem, 
when you're alone about yourself and that is just your core you to me it's like your baseline of your confidence but in a in a deeper level it's 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 part of you your personality your personality you know you are this person and there is there is no situation or person who can make you feel a different way that is self-esteem all right guys just a quick one do you realize we and we are on our computers i took the second to actually google self-esteem and uh it's a, and wikipedia says self-esteem is an individual's subjective evaluation of their own worth yeah self-worth yeah is your belief about yourself self-image yourself how you see yourself in the mirror that's self-esteem yeah self-esteem is more overall right about yourself whereas confidence is more your belief in your ability so confidence is the thing that can change depending on your environment but self-esteem is the constant yes 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 yeah yeah like um i always saw it as self-esteem is how you feel within you and self-confidence is what you project to the people around you yeah it makes sense as well yeah and that's why confidence changes from situation to situation whereas self-esteem is quite consistent do you think then going to one one of our um, favorite topics from back in the day self-actualization how do we achieve that based with this information we have now so we know the definitions of self-esteem and self-confidence or competence and self-esteem how how can we then like look to get self-actualization well they need That's to align right yeah so it's when your confidence and your self-esteem are the exact same in all situations all environments they match they are one that's when you're self-actualized as a person. But that is very hard to get to, right? But that's the goal. So like when you have someone who has very low self-esteem and very low self-confidence, then in theory they can like be self-actualized because both are in line with each other. Is that correct? No, that's completely wrong. Well, why? Because <laughs> if, if their self-esteem is low and, and they feel low within them, and then on the outside they're low as well, they're unpretending, then would you say that's kind of, they have reached some ne- negative level of self-actualization? That's closer to it, yeah. But, that, but the intention of becoming self, self-actualized is to become to improve is to be happier more fulfilled have more self-esteem and confidence in a positive way not a negative way but i understand what you're saying all right cool um the reason why i brought that up is 
um, because when we um, are coaching people who are working on their speech or who, or who intend to work on their speech, would they be coming from a place of low confidence, low self-esteem more often than less? Would you agree? More often, yes. yes, but I do feel like I have met people that have come to us who have quite a decent level of self-esteem, but they're just not confident in their ability to speak. Their self-doubt is so high on so many words, but they don't necessarily have low self-esteem. But then obviously you do get people that feel terrible about themselves because of their stutter. And that also transpires into their confidence as well. Which do you think is more important then to address when coaching? Like um, self-confidence or self-esteem? Because can one like pull the other one up and vice versa? Yeah, definitely. I think if your self-esteem is high, then you can work on your confidence. You're in a better place to work on your confidence. When your self-esteem is not high, then usually your confidence is just an act. Sometimes your, your, your confidence is what you're projecting out, but it's not necessarily, you don't necessarily feel very good about yourself. And when you don't feel very good about yourself, it's difficult to make processes, especially when you're working on your speech. So if I ask the two of you now, like, um, like, do you both feel confident now? Then um, would you both say yes? Both say maybe or no? What sense? What sense, though? Like, it depends on what sense like you're talking about. Currently, in this situation, we're talking now on this podcast. Do you guys, like, sit down and feel, yeah, I feel pretty confident right now, just in general? In general, just always, yeah. If my speech is bad or good, it doesn't really matter. And um, Chris? Yeah, the same. In this situation, I feel confident and it's irrelevant if, my, if I'm having a good speech day or a bad speech day, it's irrelevant. Was it different before we started this? So um, maybe first podcast or the day before when we were like kind of thinking about it and did you feel a bit more, a bit more nervous? Like you may have felt confident, but you didn't feel as confident as you do now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. At the beginning, it was like, what topics are going to come up? Because this is completely, um, I wouldn't say unplanned, but it's, we don't know what topics we're talking about until we go live. Only you know what we're, we're going to be talking about. So, at the beginning, it was more like, oh, how am I going to come across? You know, is the podcast going to be entertaining? These thoughts are going through your head. So it's only natural to not be that confident because it's kind of the unknown for us. But now it's more of a get on, have a conversation. Whatever happens, happens. That was the idea of it. You know, three or four friends who start just having a conversation about stuttering and various topics around it. So whatever happens, happens. And the more you do them, obviously, the more confident you are in your ability to get on the podcast and speak about whatever topic comes up. 
And um, if you say, for example, if you had some kind of um, a negative thing in your day or your week or your month even, that's um, just putting you down a bit, would you still feel confident about coming on the podcast on a particular day now? Well, well, for me, for me, for the past week, actually, I've been working nonstop. I've been up at 7, 8 a.m. And I go to bed around 1 o'clock a.m. Because I'm doing so many things at the same time. So I am tired all the freaking time. And I'm tired now. Like, tired, I'm really tired now. And if I'm tired, my speech is affected in a massive way. So in terms of my confidence, that did affect my confidence before, a year ago. Even when my speech was at its strongest, me being tired would affect my confidence because I put myself on a pedestal, right? But now, because I've learned from those experiences and I'm not trying to peg myself anymore to my speech, my self-esteem is not affected at all. My confidence is less affected now. So I am more on edge with my speech and I'm thinking about my speech a bit more. And I feel like I'm stuttering, stuttering a bit more as well, but it, it does not affect my confidence as much. I say it did a year ago in the same situation. Thanks, I'm, I'm gonna come back to that actually um, after we get something from Chris, because I just got a point to make that may tie that both together. So Chris, well, what's your take as well, as well then on that point? On AO specifically or just, just in general? Just generally about that point on, um, <clears throat> on um, if you had like, um, something happened to you in a particular day or week or the month, would that affect your confidence and your ability to actually come back on the podcast? Because you've come to a point now where it isn't um, a big deal now than it was at the start when you're thinking, okay, I'm thinking about topics, rah, rah, rah. So like, yeah. um, how is it now? Well, if anything happened hypothetically. No, it wouldn't affect it. Things are happening. It is quite a stressful time. And in terms of my work, our company is open to clients and candidates, but in a sense, we're pretty much closed. So it is a stressful time. You don't know what's going to happen after all this. You don't know when this is financially, how is it going to have an impact on me and my company and everyone else? So every day, my brain's working at 100 miles an hour because my business is a very important part of my life. So it is a stressful situation. It's a stressful time. But regardless of that, I will still come on a podcast regardless. And yes, my speech is not perfect during the day when I'm taking work calls or even when I'm speaking to members of my family 
speech is not brilliant all the time and I do have my ups and downs but regardless it my confidence in terms of this situation is just not affected by it and nothing previous um, is coming into this situation with me that that's really good so you're both pretty much on the same lines same line of thinking which is good um i've got a point to make but before i do so i'm gonna see what's happening on the facebook feed so i've got chris papacosta saying uh what about being too confident where it passes into arrogance even if you're terrible at something but you believe otherwise That's great. And anything else to add on top of that? Yeah. That's, that's to me. Great that's, that's great for that person who feels that way. That's their their reality. And if they feel great and happy about that, to me, more power to them. You're just okay. a hater. If you I think, oh, <laughs> that's my opinion. Yeah, no. I appreciate where you're coming from, but. If we relate that to working on your speech, I think that can be very dangerous if you get overconfident and you start, like for example, if you haven't been working on your speech that long and you're not desensitizing many areas, but because you had a little bit of success over here, you've now approached this situation with, um, you've not given the situation the respect it deserves and you've gone for spontaneous fluency, as we like to call it, and you come unstuck, you know it was too much too soon for you personally. How do you judge that? Like, how do you, how do you see that then? That person, that, that person is learning the hard way. That's the whole point. You allow people to, to do things, to try out, experiment, but eventually, they will learn the easy way or the hard way. So allow people to have their own journey. That's what I, what I say. You coach them, you try, you give them advice, but but it's up to them to choose their path. So if if a person, if I engage someone and I feel they are too confident, what's another word for confident? Too cocky, that's the word. Cocky. Then I would yeah. be like, you know what? Different words. Different words. That's them. Yeah, but if they're cocky, it means they're arrogant, right? It's the same word, right? The thing is, like, cocky, they're arrogant. But that like, um, we'll learn the hard way eventually if it's not true. I personally think so, that um, those those words, arrogant sometimes and cocky, it is overused at times because. Bro, like <clears throat> people in the past, they could have associated that word with with you. Maybe in the present, even with with, with, with us as well, and kind of some of the stuff we're doing. Like um, exactly, especially within like um, the general community of people who stutter, because um, everyone's like pretty conservative and been like beaten down just to be, be quiet in the corner and then exactly. <laughs> and, it's subjective bro uh, preach yeah. man preach preach 
and then you get jokers on like the workshops and conferences like the two of us the three of us well i wouldn't say chris it's more the two of us who who just come in there we, we tear stuff up and then then, then we leave and people and... will associate that to us but like um the word arrogant is pretty extreme because I wouldn't this say is... I'm arrogant, but I, I could say I'm sometimes cocky and, and I'm comfortable enough to say that. And it's great to be cocky. It's great to be arrogant, in my opinion. People like Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, these people are arrogant, co cocky, confident and successful. They don't care about what other people think. So I, 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 I am... <laughs> I'm aspiring to be like them, and I could care lot, care less what anyone thinks about how I re, how I behave. That's their problem, not mine. If they feel like I'm arrogant, good, I am. That's it. Um, just quickly going back, there's some there's some action on on the on the feed. There's like a. Um, Before we go to that, can I just going on. Go on, go on, go on, Chris. I just want to add to your point because I think you're being a bit harsh on yourself there. Okay, yeah, you, you may come across like that, but you've put yourself through the trenches, man. You, you've put in the work. So you know you're experienced in this. I think cockiness and arrogance comes where people haven't been through the trenches and then they have that attitude towards it. Do you know what I mean? Floyd well, remember, man. Floyd. Yeah, he put in the work. Yeah, but... But he's cocky and arrogant. Do you think he, you need? Do you think you need he's that? He's the pinnacle. Do you think like you you need that to actually reach the top? You, yeah, you no, I, it. yeah, but that it might actually motivate him. That exactly. might be like, wow, I've spoken like this, so I have to back it up. So I've got to put in all this work to make sure that I actually achieve what I said I'm going to set out to achieve. Yeah, yeah, man, that's yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, bro. The attitude, like um, like Tyson Fury. These guys, I love these guys. They just talk, talk, and they the controversial. They don't care what people think. That's how. That's how I'm trying to be. Man, I could care less what anyone thinks. Man, I'm going to the top, and that's it. <laughs> that's how you got to be. Or else you're gonna yeah, be like you're anyone else. Work. Yeah, I'm ready, man. Let's no. get it. Make sure you take us there with you, bro. <laughs> yeah, <Goodbye>. no, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna give some love to the Facebook feed because it seems like there's a mini podcast type discussion going on there. So we have Anta who joined us yesterday. Hey, dude. So we, he says, "Great session, guys. I do night shifts and usually in the mornings, just before the end, my confidence would reach its low level and would actually lead to avoidance in general, speech and social contact, etc." My theory explains it only partially through tiredness and lack of sleep. Once again, cheers and great talks. So um, the lack of energy affects his speech. And Chris Papacosta says, your friend on the show yesterday, Sandrog, admitted that when he left the program, his speech was good in his eyes and became overconfident and ended up being a detriment to his speech. So would that be an example then of like your slightly extreme 
um, like view of arrogance. Guys, question. Go again, go again. Yeah, yeah. You can repeat the question, please, Ruben. You're going to focus, repeat guys, one more yeah? Time. yeah, we're focused, we're focused. Let's you, go, man. You, you can text uh, each other afterwards. So, um, your, your friend on the, the show chat. yesterday, your friend on the show yesterday admitted <laughs> that when he left the program, his speech was good in his eyes and became overconfident and it ended up being a detriment to his speech. That's you, Sandrog, detriment. So, um, do you think um, that would be an example of you being cocky? As in, you know what, like, it's, it's all right to be cocky and arrogant, but put in the work. To back it up. This is why you need. This, this is why you need a coach always in life. You need someone who's better than you, or who has, or someone who's a few steps in front of you. Always in life. That's what I've learned. Do you need a mentor. Do you, do you need people, a mentor. Do you always. think people um, can't handle the pressure of the expectations they put on themselves? This is why you need a mentor, you need a coach, so you get help with that. And you don't, you don't make those mistakes. It is a lot of pressure, though. It is a lot of pressure when you, when you get great speech. It is a lot of pressure to keep it up. And the minute you start to slip, it, it, does, it does put you in a situation where you're like, wow, is this happening again to me? No way. And Exactly. And this is why... I had ups and downs for, for two years, year and a half, and I couldn't understand why, because I didn't have the coach or the mentor to tell me, you know what, you have set your, you have set your goals too high, the expectations too high. I actually so, think that, and that, and that completely messed me up. Yeah, I think in the stuttering community is quite difficult as well because how many people have posted, I had great speech and I've got terrible speech? How, how many people have advertised that? It's not, really, it's not really broadcasted. So it's difficult if you find that self in, your, in that situation because you haven't got that example. Obviously, it's brilliant. Everyone's going to sing from the rooftops about their successes and you always hear, you always see posts, how I overcame my stutter with this program, how I overcame my stutter with this and that. But when you slip back, who's broadcasting that then? So the next person that slips back hasn't got any motivation or any inspiration to look to what that happens to. And if you don't have that mentor, and there's nothing wrong with having a mentor, no matter how successful you get, if you... Look at all the biggest businessmen in the world, they still have mentors and they're like multi-billionaires or whatever. So I think that lack of broadcasting longer journeys can also add to that pressure because now that individual thinks they're the only ones experienced this. Yeah, you know what? It's so annoying when you get these people on TV who, who have overcame their star overcame the star but you you know and i know they star 
every day, day to day. And they start a hard. You know what really happens. And it's, and it's so, it annoys me so much because they, they just confuse the whole situation around starting. We know that little secret. <laughs> people think having a starter is cute and having a starter is, it's a, it's like a, it's not a real disability because if you work hard enough, if you um do a three day course, you're, it's gone. And the people who, the pe- these people know exactly they are, are, are doing the wrong thing for the starving community because the people who see them and believe they are, are killed or they don't stutter, stutter really anymore. And it's a bunch of lies. And this is what causes people to go on these courses, get good speech, and then disappear. Dis- disappear. Um, and feel worse about themselves. Because the truth is not out there. It's not out there at all. So I had, I had really, really poor speech at one point. Then I went on a course, I got, I got really, really good speech. Then I left that place. And I've done other stuff, and now my speech is pretty good. It's consistent. It's all right, but it's not perfect. I stutter all the time. So, and that is the truth for a lot of people who have been through that journey. They stutter less, but they still stutter quite a lot, and that's just the truth of it. I'm just gonna bring it back to the topic, um, and kind of like how we got to this point. So, um, like, we mentioned things about confidence, cockiness, and arrogance, etc. And um, I do agree there are um, people who, who, who just pipe up publicly when things are going well. And then they vanish for a bit afterwards. Wonder how things are going on there. And then they pop up again and we've we've seen examples of like this happen and you don't see them when things aren't going the greatest or if or or even better it would be good to for them to actually document the process of how they got to that point to say if they've got like some kind of tv appearance like document the build-up to it so you can show the rest of the community that you aren't perfect, but you're building up to a point where you want to present yourself on TV and have a positive experience because that's what we want in the end, right? We want to feel good and have a positive experience. My views on confidence, I think confidence is important, but to be honest, it's overrated. I think confidence is overrated. Um, the fact that it can change so rapidly, depending on which room you're in, which sport you're playing, shows yeah. that it isn't, it isn't something that you should worry about too much. Well, what's more important for me and for others, once they realize, is self-esteem. Because if you don't have self-esteem, to a positive level, a good level, then that will actually be the thing that draws you down. 
that's the voice in the back of your head. Confidence is purely what other people think of you. The self-esteem is what you think of yourself. So instead of worrying about the external, people can think you're cocky and arrogant, etc. But if you know that you've got the confidence and experiences to pull this off, then you've done the hard work. Then that's self-esteem. Exactly. That's the, the reason why I love I love Tyson Fury, Floyd. These people, man, have high, high self-esteem. They have so much self-esteem and there is nothing in this world that can allow them to fall back on that. You just see it, how they talk, how they move. And when you have self-esteem, and when it's you have self-esteem, and when, when you have self-esteem, you, you become fearless. You fearless, aren't scared. Man. You aren't scared. And then that, that, and then that transcends into your speech and everything else. You, you become fearless going to the shops in coronavirus <laughs> situation. You, you become fearless. Like, and, um, in the end, that is what we want, right? We, we don't want to live, live a life of doubt, live a life of fear. We want to um, live, live life on our terms and follow our purpose. I've got a question. <clears throat> do, you th- How do, I do you think that self-esteem can fluctuate? Yes, of course. For sure. The reason why I asked that is because Ao said he loves Tyson Fury, and he loves Tyson Fury's the way he is and the way he acts, and he's obviously got high self-esteem. But do you feel like it's possible to have high self-esteem and still go through the depression that he went through, or did his self-esteem drop during that time? Because usually depression and self-esteem go hand in hand, right? Yeah, but um, I think self-esteem is less volatile than self-confidence. And by less volatile, I mean self-confidence can change quite rapidly. Take someone and do 20, 30 contacts and they're flying for the rest of the afternoon. Then you go home, ask them how they're doing, get off tomorrow. But yeah. if someone, if someone's self-esteem is strong, regardless of how that contact session went, they aren't going to be in too bad a place. They'll just crack on, go to the next one, the next one. And that is what we saw with Tyson Fury. He went through some mad times with drugs, being banned from the sport. But he put in the hard work in quiet. And now he's the champion of the world right now. Did, did he see... He the, came back even better. Did you see the... Um, wait, wait, wait. Um, did you see Same the... Same with Conor McGregor. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, let's talk over each other. Wait, um, did, did, did you see the, um, the group discussion with his dad and a few of the other pundits? And when his dad just like clean out said... I bet you my savings, Tyson is going to win. 
I bet you everything. I, I, I know in my heart, heart of hearts, he's going to win, he's going to win, he's going to win. And that was purely his belief in his son. And some people, like, if they aren't, like, looking into it deeply, they'll see that as him being cocky and arrogant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that was him, like, actually having that belief. Because he has seen his son, and, and he knows when his son isn't, like, at, at his peak, but he knows that his son had the belief as well. And that belief can only come from self-esteem. The self-confidence can, the people close to you, they can see through it. Exactly, Gone, man. Gone, no, 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 I'm just saying it's so true. It's, you're completely right. Self-esteem, you uh-huh. know a person with high self-esteem. You, you can see it. You can see it. It's clear as day. It's in the eyes, man. You can see it in the eyes. Like, this guy is going to kill me. You know it. You just know it. You just know it. That is self-esteem. So, um, yeah, so just to add, I heard that in boxing, especially, the majority of fights are won in the press conference when they did the stare down. Like they, they already have the whoever has the advantage clearly knows that I have this guy, but not all the time. But I've I've heard a lot of boxers say that I lost that in the stare down or I lost it when he said that to me and then my head was gone and stuff like that. So that Look at just, Mike Tyson. It just shows you how important self-esteem is. And Mike Tyson's the prime example of that because like a lot of these major fights, he was going for a really bad time before a lot of his biggest fights. So look how that affected his performance. Look how that affected his preparation. Look how that affected his behaviour. You know, his ring walk, if you look at his ring walk when he fought Lennox Lewis, you can see his body language was all wrong. He was looking at the floor. He wasn't his usual self. You knew that he wasn't, he wasn't in the right frame of mind to put up any kind of fight, which was obviously disappointing for the fans to see because everyone was expecting fireworks and the most amazing fight, but he never lived up to it. And it was, I feel like, it was because then um, Mike Tyson, sorry, was in such a bad place. Yeah, the guy had low self-esteem at that point. You can see it, you just see it. But when he was 20, 21, the guy was a, an animal. He was, he was a monster. Like, he was just the best, in my opinion, the best boxer of all time for me. The most, the most, the most... The most, f- the most fun to watch boxer of all time for me is didn't, Mike Tyson. Didn't he peak around twenty, and then his that's when his coach died, right? Twenty, yeah, yeah, he did. Then it all went downhill from there. This is like a side thing, but if someone peaked at twenty. Could you actually say that they are the GOAT? Because, or would you need a bit more, a bit more of a kind of a thicker career? What's their body of work like as opposed to 
how they were at, in their prime. Boxing, especially, you can't you can't peak at twenty years old and be considered the greatest of all time. Not if you've lost to, not if you've lost all the major fights after that. I do believe that he could have been the greatest of all time. I do believe that he is one of the greatest ever fighters, but can he be considered the greatest of all time? No. Just no, because not. of how he performed. It's like you were saying earlier about Ronaldo Ruben. There's always ifs and buts and all this and that. But that was one good season, right? Yeah, but that was a really, really, really good season he had. For um, was it into Milan? Inter. Remember it was, but yeah, yeah. if we if Barcelona, we it was the year after the World Cup. It wasn't Barcelona, was it? Real Madrid. He had a few good seasons, but what I'm saying, if we go back to Mike Tyson, he's always ifs and but if he never got in with the wrong people, if he wasn't taking drugs, if he wasn't obsessed with this and that outside of boxing, then he would have been the greatest. Well, ifs isn't going to cut it. People want to see the result. So, yeah. Who's Floyd Mayweather then? Floyd, to me, Floyd the best of all time. Best boxer of all time. Why? I don't know, man. I don't know. You can't, you can't uh, say he's it. He's the best, bro. Explain why, bro. Why? Look. He's beating the best of this ever. He's beating the best fighters of this ever. And, and he, he did it in such a great way as well. Not just wins, easy wins. He beat them. He actually beat them. It was con. Would you, would you argue, though, that he um, took them when they were out of their prime and, um, and he took them into to weight classes Outside of their peak, like who? Canelo. That and kid asked for the fight. Well, no he way. He asked for Floyd, and he gave it to him, and he beat his ass. Pacquiao. Not the other way around. Pacquiao. Pacquiao is older than Floyd. End of conversation. Uh, no, they no, never, no, no, they no. never, I never, never. They were to have that fight he, in 2010. He, he, he's older than Floyd. Pacquiao is older yeah. than Floyd. Google was that. Google was that shit. avoiding him for years, coming out of excuses. No, he, he wasn't. He was on Floyd steroids. Mayweather. No, man. Pac was on Floyd steroids, Mayweather. bro. I personally believe that Floyd Mayweather waited until the right time to fight him that suited him. Pac was on steroids for years. And didn't Pac also have a damaged... Um, for years. Damaged shoulder going into the fight. So he dislocated his rotator cuff. Going into Floyd has fight. bad hands from for years, for like ten years. He breaks his hands all the time in every fight. No one talks about if that you stuff, innit? Fight back. Well, if you watch that's that not fight back, that's it, not. A tell him to punch properly then. <laughs> He's breaking his hands. Pack, 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 man is a steroid user. Steroid user, chronic steroid user. That's that is known in the boxing community. That's I wouldn't well say known. chronic because if they're testing him chronic. properly. If they're testing him properly, then he can't be chronic. They don't do tests that much. If they do, these people have the best people to hide the drugs in the system. The best coaches, the best doctors to hide all that stuff. Like the Olympics, it's the same. 
All them guys are on drugs. All the guys who went on the meds are on drugs. All of them. Give me one second, guys. The problem with the stream. I'm going to send it to Facebook again and see if, if it works. Give me a second. What, he stopped? Just the stream, but don't worry, don't worry. We'll be back in a second. Chris. That was a good thing then, because it got controversial. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, but, but we're still doing the podcast podcast uh, recording, guys, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, please, thank you. And boys, boys, try not to like uh, talk over each other too much. And if you're going to say something, just explain a bit more, yeah? Don't just scream at names. And, uh, and, and then... Uh, yeah. We'll be back on in five, four, three, two, and just press go live. So count for another five more seconds. Floyd, the best of all time. All right, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> guys, guys, let's go back to the top topic now, please, all right? Um, so practically, right, we have spoken about a few of these uh, people, different characteristics, different types of confidence, um, kind of like extreme confidence, negative confidence. Um, how, how would you personally demonstrate confidence positively? Just by That's being a hard yourself. question. Sorry? Just by being yourself. Just by being yourself. But what if people just... No, but but, but what if that still comes off as being cocky or being arrogant? That's not their problem. That's the other person's problem. Go on, go on. Go on, Chris. I feel like if it comes across as arrogance or cocky, you know if you really believe it you know if you're putting on an act or not. Yes, exactly. So just by being yourself and, um, and then even if it is being kind of a bit annoyed at people, you have that kind of belief in you that you are just showing your actual personality and that is just a clash of personalities which, which happens in normal day uh, and uh, life sorry um daily life yeah i just want to say um from your experiences with people who stutter do they normally come across as like confident slash cocky slash arrogant or more on the other side where they're more unconfident and a bit more timid in nature depends who they are and it depends. Get off the, the fence, mate. Come on. I know, that I know that's a vague answer, but I've met... The rubbish answer. Oh, a few of... Okay. All right. This is for you, Ruben. Go on. All of on them. The Dude, stop the all of them. Look. Chris, go on. No. I think people that have worked on their speech and they've got to a level... Yeah, they can come across as what you were just explaining. Mm -hmm. Other people who 
are not that confident with their speech. They're trying to make progress, but they're still very unsure come across in the other way that you were describing. That's what I've noticed. And what I've also noticed is when you're talking about people that have struggled with their speech their whole life, they're part of this organization now and they struggle to capture people's attention their whole life. It's always been very difficult. And all of a sudden they've got a lot of people are in awe of them and want their advice and their their secrets to their success it can potentially get to certain people's heads the um like regardless of like any specific organization so they forget about the different programs but think about generally like People who stuck generally, who are who are who are not part of these organisations, would you expect them to be confident or unconfident? I would expect them to be unconfident. But then, when they're around people that stutter, I would expect their confidence to rise. And is that the way? that you felt personally when you were first around other people who started? Yes, for sure. For sure. I felt like I had an environment where I could be myself and I wasn't going to get judged. Um, that first answer you gave where you expected them to be more unconfident, do you think that's a, um, a preconception that people have? So you kind of expect someone to be unconfident if you know that they stutter because you associate the two things. I would say that the majority of fluent people would expect that because if you look at fluent people and what is advertised um, with stuttering or what is associated with stuttering it's a lot of people being unsure people being nervous you know when fluent people stutter or stumble on words they feel the need to apologize you know so it's it has an association with not being confident so that's why you just assume everyone who has a stutter is not confident and do you agree with that? Like, um, based on like your experiences speaking with um, the wider community of people who stutter, um, have they mostly come across as unconfident or mostly confident people? They're unconfident, ninety-nine percent. How many percent? Sorry, ninety-nine percent of people who stutter who I've been with, not in that sense, are not confident at all. Forget speech in life. Not confident in life, full stop. So would you put two of us in the 1% or the, the 99%? Yeah, 
I said 99. Yeah, but where would you put the two of us? Not 100. Not 100%. Yeah, no exceptions. So, so we are in the 1%, you're saying? Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's a fact, actually. That's a fact. Thank you. No, that's why my first answer that you said was a rubbish answer. Actually, it wasn't a rubbish <laughs> answer. Because, Ayo, if, if you looked at me when we first met, I would have been in that yes. 90%, right? For sure. 100%. I would have been in the middle. I would have been right bang in the middle of that 99%. Yes, and number, 50, number 50, right? Yeah, that's why it depends on who you're talking to, what that person's been through, how the age of that person, what do they experience, how challenging is their life on a day-to-day basis, what do they experience every day, you know, that could potentially build their confidence or could knock their confidence constantly. Thank you very much, guys. And um, I think confidence comes from experience and positive experiences and positive vibes do fuel your self-esteem. And we can all agree that some of the most confident people have, have done a lot. They have done the work and they draw confidence from their experiences and from the fact that they have walked the walk in the past. So the examples that you gave of Floyd and Ronaldo and all these people, you can argue about if they're greatest or not, but the fact that they're even in the conversation means that they have earned the right. And you could say that some people earn the right to be cocky and be arrogant and be arrogant. And maybe you need an element of that to actually reach some of the heights that you're aiming for you got to unleash that personality or that part of your personality. But obviously in a good way, you don't want to piss everyone off. But I think we have reached a natural ending, episode 15. And I know um, you both have a, a lot of plans. It's a Saturday night, sunny London. So I do not want to keep you. But um, any final words from the two of you before we put this one in the books it was another great podcast guys yeah this yeah, one was good this no, one is not good much words from me uh, apologies about the Facebook cutting out to all the listeners but we'll, we got it back in the end thank you for everyone who commented and yeah another great podcast AF, any final words from you, bro? Stop holding back. And um, thank you as well for um, people commented. Thank you for tuning in because it does add a bit of an extra dimension when uh, we can kind of draw upon some of your feedback. So thank you very much from me and Chris from AO. Everyone that stopped holding back, uh, episode 15. Check out our YouTube channel. Um, comment if you liked anything you heard uh, please subscribe and we will be on a few more podcasting platforms hopefully by the end of this weekend so stay tuned for that and have a good and safe rest of your weekend 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, stop holding that.